and the other guy was in a morph suit with underwear over the top and I was like <laughs> and it was it was at two in the morning again um, and we were covered in in goo and there was like fire and it was raining literally the one thing the guy was qualified for as well <laughs> yeah, he, couldn't, he couldn't do the bookkeeping <laughs> Hey, that was a couple of clips from my guests this week, Jerome Chandrahasan and Lisa McLeod Whiting. Those two are really funny people. We are we're doing a show together in the Fringe Fest. It's all about like if comedians can do jobs. It's like a comedy panel show. We're talking a lot about jobs in this episode. We have a lot of fun, man. I hope you guys really enjoy it. I hope you guys have been enjoying the show just in general. Um, but without any further ado, let's bring in the little theme song and let's get this thing going. Kia ora, kia ora, hello, hello, hello. This is another episode of The Other Day with me, Hwani Hortene. Uh It is a nice day outside. I like to talk about the weather at the start of the show, and it's going to be a nice day in the studio as well. I am joined today by two friends of the show now. Uh, we have Jerome Chandrahasan and Lisa McLeod Whiting. Welcome along, guys. Kia ora, kia ora, kia ora. Yes. <laughs> Kia ora, hello, hello, hello. Well, okay, you guys... I did sign language three times there as well. That's the other language. Well. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, this is filmed, well. so your yeah. lies will oh, be okay. exposed. Ah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, I, no, I, okay, I do say kia ora, kia ora, kia ora a lot because sometimes I've recorded this show and there's like an intro song that the, the radio plays, mm-hmm. but I don't hear it in my headphones. So I've started the show midway through a sentence in the recording and not realised. So now I say kia ora, kia ora, kia ora, kia ora, kia ora, because I figure somewhere along the way it's probably over. Um, so that's just a little like... A little peek behind the curtain there. Yeah, inside yeah. baseball for people who are super curious about just how does it all go down. Is a buffer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's the name of my next hour. Yeah. Um Oh, well, thanks for coming along, guys. Uh, I, you guys are on today because we are doing a show in the Fringe Festival called Don't Quit Your Day Job, uh, which is a show about – it's a game show uh, about comedians – trying to show that they are capable of doing a real world job um we'll be we'll be touching on a lot of job chat i've i've done i've been researching i've been listening to podcasts about jobs um you guys have, have jobs you done that instead of actually getting a job <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i have work, yeah. yeah trust me the uh the irony of doing a show called don't quit your day job when i have been on the benefit for a while <laughs> <laughs> is is not lost on me. Um, yeah, I love the assumption that there are so many professional comedians in Wellington alone that we're like, <laughs> I don't even remember what it's like to work an honest job. <laughs> Jerome might be the only one who lives completely off comedy in Wellington. Neil, Neil Thornton. And Neil Ooh, Thornton, there we go. Yes, yes, so there yes. are two of them. My rival, once I take him out. <laughs> all that sweet, sweet cash is yours. Oh, all that teaching money. I mean, like, yeah, oh, that's pretty good. And he did find a way to make money being a comedian. Good way to back out of your slam before you even landed it. You know? oh, All I that just, sweet teaching money that actually I would appreciate, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's much more than $300 a week. Um, uh, wow, this got real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but we are both gainfully employed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Congratulations on that, by the way. I did want to say congratulations on your employment, guys. Um, Thank you. No, you guys have been doing quite well recently. We, you, you recently both just won some pretty good awards. Uh, we, yeah. Yeah, Jerome, you just won Best MC at the Welly Awards. Congrats. And yes. Thank you. And, and Lisa won Best Comedian. Mm-hmm. I have to Half share the award it. with a clown. 
Oui. But, you know, they're like, oh, we could give the award to a woman, but now we'll give it to a woman and a non-binary clown because, no, I was very stoked. Well, <laughs> the diversity makes me sick. <laughs> we've got two diverse. We had 200 performers last year, and I can't. I know we've got two diverse, and I can't remember people's names. Oh, I used to be able to remember people's names, and now people come in on a Monday night, and I'm like, this is the problem with diversity. There's too many of you. Yeah, that's not a new thing. Actually, when I started doing comedy, one time I came in. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Yeah, one time I came in and I was just wearing glasses and you thought I was a brand new person. <laughs> you bought a classic Clark Kent. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the first time, your first ever gig, and you came in and you said, I'm on the lineup. And I, oh, and I was yeah. like, oh, no, you're not. You go, I'm Hawaii. And I went, no, you're not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's weird. That happens all the time, though. The glasses thing was new to me. Oh, right. Yeah. People, yeah, the Hawaii thing, it just happens all the time. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's nice. I've learned early on that it's actually a pretty good conversation starter. Um, and I love talking to people. So, you know what? It's been going pretty good so for kilda, me. Kilda, kilda, kilda. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what else has been going on for you? Lisa, you've started your own podcast recently. Yeah, a rival podcast called... Um, yeah. Stick with your day job today with Lisa McLeod Whiting. Yeah, unfortunately um, it's a rival podcast in the same way that like the All Blacks are rivals with like the Georgian rugby team and my podcast is the Georgian rugby oh, team. Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to build yourself up a bit more, Hawani. Oh, I do it plenty, but the podcast is like I, I'm pretty realistic with this thing. It's <laughs> it's a lot more out of love than it is for uh, fame and attention. Um, but yeah, you've started it with other friend of the podcast, Samantha Hannah. I have. It's called Are We Pals, and it's a podcast about adult friendship, um, not adult friendship, but adult friendship. And it's about um, like finding a new community and friendships, and how we look after them, how we don't, how what they mean to us, how they change, who we make friends with. Um, and hopefully we can make some friends through the podcast as well. Um, and I think it's kind of arisen from Sammy and I. Um, we've known each other for a few years, but we became better friends when we went through the um, Billy T Award application, which we were both unsuccessful in. Um, but we bonded over that. And, uh, yeah, so we started a podcast and it's great. We've had one episode and podcasts are a lot of work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have quickly learned. <laughs> Very, uh, there are a lot of elements, so I admire you, your output, man. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it, it, this is actually like more work than than I it kind of lets on, especially when you're doing like I like to do the little reels sometimes of the thing, but they can only be like ninety seconds long, and most people's stories are not concise Nine, yeah. to ninety seconds. Do you know what I mean? Right. Oh, these are like yeah. the little video clip the, the, mm -hmm. the words. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, I'm, I'm still catching up. <laughs> Yeah, back when we started to promote a show, you just had to like phone, do it, I don't know, a phone tree and just try to get people to turn up. Yeah, interesting. Well, this. actually, I was I was curious because Lisa just mentioned the Billy T nomination. You mm. were Billy T nominated back in the day. Mm, yep. Back in the day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way, way back in the day, yeah. Still yeah. counts, man. Still, still counts. counts. It's still yeah. valid. Well, well you're yeah. closer to Billy T, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that towel was fresh. Ouch. Ouch. They just got one out of his cupboard. Um, uh, oh, my year, it was... Uh, Corey Gonzalez McCur won it that year. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah. So we sort of started out in the same in the same year, and then just went on different paths. And he's all on the movies and stuff. 
and I'm extra in the background, but it still counts. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When um, I, the first show I did with Corey, he was real excited that, because he won the Raw Quest um, as well, mm. and he was excited that I won the Raw Quest, and he introduced me as like, this guy won the competition that I won, um, and he introduced me on stage, but he didn't know that that day had been really tough for me. So <laughs> I, I remember going out there doing real bad. So I, I don't know. It was but oh, it's no. funny. Ah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Am I okay now? Yeah. I'm pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I've spent the whole day putting out um, posters for our show uh, mm. and it was really hot. It was, yeah. 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 I had to buy this shirt that I'm wearing now because the last mm. one uh, was kind of gross after like being in it the whole day. Oh, man. This is real. Like anybody listening in is like, they're really getting all the behind the scenes <laughs> for the show. <laughs> Uh, what what else has been going on for you two? I mean, I know you've got uh, you've got you're doing a poetry show for Fringe oh, as well. Oh, we're doing a poetry slam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, we we the, the last time we did it was like a ten years ago through Humorous Arts Trust, and there weren't any real sort of poetry slams and happening in Wellington. And I think I must have been to like one mm-hmm. and thought this is kind of a fun, catchy, engaging way to get people into poetry because it's there's a competitive element mm-hmm. to it, but there's also a fun sort of community element. So the audience votes. On the on on the poets and half of them get knocked out and then we get you know so there's two nice. knockout rounds and then there's oh, a final winner no but it's all done in quite sort of good natured a good natured kind of a vibe yeah and I met a bunch of like random people from um uh, the poetry world some of them ended up getting into comedy and stuff as well so it was that like my little way of sort of luring uh, people across into stand up yeah that's yeah. cool um it's yeah and there's a real sort of certain cadence as well mm-hmm. to poetry slam almost sort of verging on sort of rap. Yeah. Um, some or some of them are like that, so it's um yeah, and yeah. Uh, isn't it? It's, it's kind of like the book closes down <laughs> and I am finished. Where do I go now that the book is done? Harry Potter is over. Where should I go? Oh, okay, maybe not that book. Now but that the, you've clubbed yeah, comedy, yeah. you should definitely pivot to poetry. You're ready, man. You uh, <laughs> behind the times. I've already done a couple poetry nights. Actually, the Wellington oh. Feminist Poetry Nights. I've done them. You a nice. gig's a gig, man. Gig's a gig, eh? <laughs> Not gonna lie, get some pretty good laughs there. <laughs> I've done, I've done. Oh man, what did somebody? Somebody had. I remember the first time I did it. I can't remember. This poem's if this called is. "Number One Ally." <laughs> I, I genuinely do one of the poems that I did at that on stage now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember the first time I did it. I can't remember what somebody said. They'd said something like, um, "They they had instead of saying like." white straight male i think they just called them like the lynx africa crew or something like that so i was like oh i hope this isn't too lynx africa for you guys or anything like that and then i got a good laugh it was like <laughs> oh they love to click they, love. they do oh, love to click that's the one thing i hate is when, when a, a poetry audience turns up at a stand-up gig and they start clicking it's like shut up you're supposed to laugh instead of clicking, <laughs> clicking at things that you agree with what like. are you trained <laughs> i don't know yeah. <laughs> um well, this is going pretty good. I reckon. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> don't do the chickens, man. <laughs> I don't do the I chickens. I mean, I feel this is going well. It just anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, how do you feel this is going? <laughs> this, this is going great. Yeah, I don't have any. I've got some badly written poetry from you know angsty teenage years, but no way. I'm not brave enough. I mean, I would hate to read it myself, let alone perform it. About like read stuff from your diary. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Gene um, Sargent did it like years ago in the Fringe Festival, and people went up and read like 
um, excerpts from their from their, well, their children's uh, diary. Hadley just did a show recently called "Things We Wrote as a mm. as a Kid," and and I went up there and I and I did some stuff, but it was cool. Like it was funny reading back in it because all my stuff was in in Maori, and it was like mm. it was nice, and people were like. It was I don't know it was it was cool because I remember reading some of it and it was like um like kakariki perakina rako like green like the trees or like um kahurangi pena kite moana blue like the ocean and then I wrote in like fero pera kite toto and it was like red like blood and I was like oh nice I was a nice. dark child I like that yeah yeah a dark bilingual child love yeah. it yeah Hawaii hotani the Maori goth. Yeah, the Maori God. <laughs> <laughs> That's the title That's the of your follow. Yeah, yeah, there we go. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Um, I got when I lived in Italy. My host mum tried to set me up with so many Italian goths. Wow, yeah. what was it about you that kind of gave off that vibe? My host brothers, like, so I was an, an exchange student. I lived with a Roman family for a year, and I had three host brothers when I was there. And um, two of them were sort of like goth adjacent, and a lot of their friends were deep into the Cape Zone. Yeah. And um, wow. yeah, it I was imagine great. Italian goths just having like more spires and stuff. They mm-hmm. definitely hung out in more picturesque locations. Yeah. So it was there was like a very strong twilight element to it. So there'd be like these goths sweltering in the heat, but like on a beautiful fountain and stuff, eating a gelato or drinking like triple shot espresso and things like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. you're thirteen. This is so, you've got so many intense feelings. And because they're already deconstructing like Voltaire and things like that and literature and whatever. And they have to read Dante, don't they? Oh my God, do they have to read Dante? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They gave that book to me and I was just like, no, thank you. (laughs) I don't speak it well enough yet to spend my entire year dissecting. It's a book. It's a a situation. Yeah. I've read the Precede version. Um, Bleak ideas in there. But, um, But beautifully written, I'm told. Anyway. So Italian goths were, um, yeah, there's a lot of capes, um, a lot of capes and a lot of apes. <laughs> That's a lot of apes? Vapes. Oh, vapes. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Apes, I was trying to get yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this, is this like, a, are we going to get in trouble for this? No, or like the va- Italian? Va- a vape. Va- okay, okay, yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> you could have ape and a, an ape and a cape. Yeah. 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 Does that make Yeah. Bottomly yeah. pots. Yeah, yeah. Mm, Vape mm. and a cape. Uh, but it's actually a drape. I don't know. Mm. I've run out of rhymes. See, this is why slam poetry is so good. Out. Yeah. The thing about slam poetry, they don't all have to rhyme. They can. You can also do like really serious ones. Nice. It's a lot of attitude. Yeah. yeah. Generally, the funny ones tend to get voted through, but you're allowed to do serious poems as well. So if you want to, if you've got a serious poem, you're welcome to do that at the Poetry Slam. You guys are here to help me market our show that we're doing together, Don't Quit Your Day Job. So have you guys worked any tough jobs before the l- lucrative jobs that you guys <laughs> have now that you were bragging about before? We're both self-employed, so I think we must have realised no one else wants to hire us. Yeah, or that we are not well-suited to traditional work environments. Yeah, do you work um, well with others? No. Yeah, there's a reason I never put attention to detail on my CV because that would be an absolute lie. <laughs> so if they pick that up, good for them. And if they don't, joke's on there. <laughs> um, I've had like one proper quote-unquote like office job in a public mm. service agency, which I won't name. I mean, it's very easy to find out um, because it was the one place I worked. But um it was interesting because there were a lot of acronyms flying about. Mm. And so yeah. my first day on the job, they were talking about 
this acronymed event and I had no idea what it was and I was too shy to ask. And then, um, so I just started bringing my own acronyms into the workplace. I was like, yeah, on Friday when it's uh, uh, end of play, we'll go OTP. And they're like, what's that? And I was like, we'll get on the piss, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, I didn't realize that was a Lisa original. Or like if somebody's UTD, they're up the duff, you know, things like that. And oh, so I found very... Yeah. Um, non-public service ways to say to, oh, to bring life into the workplace mm. um and eventually it wore me down and i left <laughs> so, <laughs> and i work for myself i'm self-employed uh, if you've listened to other episodes of this podcast you know that i work for shut up and dance slash i own i'm one of the co-owners and co-founders of shut up and dance um and i work absolutely my own hours i love it um because it's very flexible with performing parenting and yeah, it's a it's a job mm. suited to extroverts who also like to have a nap at three o'clock on a Tuesday. You know. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more of a four o'clock guy, but that is good. Yeah. I had a nap before I came here. Nice. I've been hitting naps at yeah. When the right temperature gets one, up, you yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And then work into the evenings and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was up at four thirty doing <laughs> paying everybody's invoices on oh, my nice. job. Because I've got the, a couple of those coming my yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. 31st. I think I was like, I'm meeting these two today. I better yeah. <laughs> Received going through on the thirty first. Sure. <laughs> likely to. Oh yeah. I, it is honest. It's all legit. We're a charitable trust, so you've been running that charity for the past thirteen years. Mm-hmm. And same thing, just working my own hours and I've been able to work from home and um, though I've I've just put an offer, uh, not offering, I've just uh, requested like a co-working space in, in Moda, in Moira, in the hut. Mm. Um, yeah, because yeah, it's like. That's funny that you pronounced it wrong so people would know what you were talking about. Well, yeah. Moira, and then you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, I, I have to say it twice because otherwise people don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that'd be kind of nice to place that sort of outside outside of my home because at the moment I'm just in a, like a shipping container in the backyard. <laughs> oh, it's like a little man. office. So that's what I was up at. Woke up at more, uh, 4.30 in the morning, took the jug out and the, the coffee grinder so no one oh. wouldn't wake else up in the hut and just uh, in the house and just made that up. Made no. that coffee this morning, smashed through all so the stuff. So you wouldn't wake anybody else up in the hut, did in you say? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean in the house. In the valley that you in live in. Valley, yeah, yeah, yeah. First to rise, Chandra <laughs> All is well, they'll say. Uh, two puffs of smoke, all is well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had, a, I had a job in the public sector for a little bit. Mm. Uh, it was in filing. I was doing fi- – because I had a job Ooh. during uni, a part-time job doing filing, and uh, I just oh, – the guy that my manager, it was filing was his life. He had like, a, like a, 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 a master's degree in information management. He knew about all the different types of stickers that go on different types of papers so that they last longer. He knew that certain file boxes, you'd coat them in wax. So if there was a fire, the wax mm. would burn, but the files would stay safe. Thank wow. God. And he, but everything about but, him was just, and I just like, I couldn't imagine a life with it. But I mean, it's his passion. Yeah. About different folders and stuff, and, and he's obviously very good at it. But um, Well, if you're the best at it, you get to, you they get to name it after Charge you. what you want. Yeah, Dewey Decibel. <laughs> I don't know, is Decibel part of his name? Maybe Dewey's just Decibel. part of his name. Dewey, Dewey Decibel is when you're too loud on the library. <laughs> Dewey what? You oh, said Dewey. Decibel. Decibel. Decibel, but it's dis- Decimal. Decimal, yeah. Oh. You did a pun and you didn't. I didn't even know. No, yeah. No. I just made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but, that, but now yeah, it's so him for guy, I was like, nah. So that was my public sector. And then I had a... A job that I got up back when you can get jobs out of the newspaper. Yeah. Mm. So I worked in, I was, I was what's called an information analyst, which is like a fancy name for a, a librarian, but a librarian for an accountancy firm. So oh my uh, God. it sounds fancy, <laughs> but it was like, 
<laughs> oh, you have to hand out all the NBRs to all the partners. You have to go around the office and hand, here's your NBR, here's your copy of the NBR. What's and, an NBR? Oh, a National Business Review. Cool. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know how Lisa feels about initialism. <laughs> you got to yeah. tell me. <laughs> but it was just, ugh. And, you know, it was, it was weird. It was, it was before the financial crisis, so places had a bit of money. So we would yeah. do, like, morning teas mm. and stuff like that that were quite well catered. And there was, like, free apples and stuff in the in the staff room. But they weren't people that I was like, these are people that I want to be spending the next nine to five, five days a week, 45 weeks of the year with. And, yeah. uh, That's interesting. Yeah. I used to think, because I used to work in an I've worked in one office, and that was for – the TAB, like uh, the New Zealand Racing Board office in Petone. Um, and I worked there for like four years when I was like 19 to 23. It was meant yeah. to be like a part-time thing. And then I just like picked up more hours as I went along. But yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the job, but I do know what you mean that at a certain point you're like, I don't know if I want to like be around horse racing for like for, for like the next 15 years of my life yeah there's something about it it's like it's i don't know like let the horses relax i don't know yeah yeah well, it's gonna be a race why can't they just go for a walk yeah. yeah even trotting is apparently a competition they're supposed to be like a relaxing sort of thing um but sometimes like good people can keep you in an average job or keep you going and mm. conversely bad people like can oh, you can be working in a good job and there's always like a bad egg yeah. like i used yeah. to work um i loved the job i used to work at a cinema and the cohort i worked with we're still friends like we were such a good group of people we loved our job we all worked really hard we loved doing hospitality um and there was a real shared sense of that mission when we worked these like wild senior wednesday shifts because it was it was senior wednesday at pitone and it got shit got out of control yeah. <laughs> and then mm. there was this one guy um who let's say got uninvited from working there eventually, but he liked to differentiate things into like tasks that we had to do into two categories and they were blue jobs and pink jobs. And he would legitimately get angry if he caught you doing a blue job. <laughs> He's like, lifting is not for lady hands. Pink jobs are the toilets, the, oh. the coffee machine, restocking the napkins, folding, like rolling cutlery. Mm. Anyway, he was a tough character, but um, oh, I love the job. But yeah, there's always a couple of characters. Sometimes there are those incredible characters that keep you going mm. where you're like, this job is incredibly yeah. boring, but yeah. I want to see yeah. where you take this day. Yeah. yeah. I had a really fun manager for like a part-time job. I was working, no, it was a full-time job but for a short contract for like a telephone company and I was working in the head office. So I was on like the reception desk, um, you know, oh, packages turned up for so-and-so or there's a meeting in this room. But um, the the number for the uh, for the head office was right below the, the number that you would call to make complaints. <laughs> and so people would call the 0800 number, not get through and go, stuff these people. And then they would call the next line, which was me. And I'd be at reception and like, oh, I'm so sorry that your phone's cut off and that must be terrible and I'm I'm in absolutely no position to help you. And I just had to sit there and listen. That was my job. It was just like emotional labor. Um, oh, but oh, you yeah. were only ever getting – because you only ever call that line if you're really angry. No one ever says, my phone's working great. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just people with these awful stories. And I just had to go, I'm so sorry and – 
this is as far as I can help you. <laughs> we can just put you back onto the helpline. But I had a, I had a fun manager who was just really chill and mm. banter and joke. So I, I stuck around for it for, for oh, a little while. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That can like make a big difference. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, your bad jobs are like pretty good jobs. I'm thinking. Oh, I've like, done oh, some weird well, shit as yeah. well. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking when you're the, the first job that comes to mind was actually quite recent, and I thought it was going to be the beginning of like a good like influencer type income. Basically I got approached like um, cold by this marketing agency. Um, they're like, we want some comedians to do some like um, social media content for us for Valentine's Day. And then I looked at the brand and it was an underwear company, which I won't name. Um, <laughs> but like I said, it was quite recent that I did this. It's st- the memories are still fresh. And then they wrote to me and they're like, oh, we want to do some like activations for Valentine's Day. Um, mm. And I said, oh, well, to be clear, I'm not going to be just wearing this underwear because you're not paying me enough for that. And they were like, oh, what would you like to wear? And I was like, well, clothes that are branded by you. And they were like, okay. And they're like, and there'll be another, there'll be a male comedian with you. And I was like, he'll also need to be in clothes. (laughs) And then they were like, you're just going to go up to people on Cuba Street and give them romantic advice. Um, And no shade to the person that they also hired with me, but neither of us were equipped to do that. And, um, so we tried to pivot and get advice from people. Yeah. And mm. then the second part of the job was that we had to go. And also people just don't want to talk to us. And they were like, why do you want our advice? And we were like, we're getting paid $200. <laughs> <laughs> and the other guy was in a morph suit with underwear over the top. And I was like, <laughs> help First us. <laughs> piece of advice, romantically, you should wear different clothes. <laughs> yeah. We were like a creepy Adam and Eve walking around in matching outfits, but like also with our skin covered up. Like, oh, anyway, geez. it was uh. so weird. It was me and Jundas and. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I've thought of that because you've told me that before and I think oh, about man. that a lot. Oh, my goodness. Like, okay. It was, we were both just like. It's an interesting ke- match. Yeah. It was such a funny match. And then the second part was that they're like, we're going to do this cool live stream of. Um, 10 things I hate about you. Look, I was grateful for the gig, but it just wasn't entirely yeah. thought out. And um, I was like, well, how are you going to live stream this movie? Like, that's a huge breach of copyright. You can't just live stream a movie on Facebook and then have mm. us comment on it unless you've paid for the rights for it. And they were like, oh, well, why don't we just live stream your reaction watching the video? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, and you can just chat about dating and stuff. And I was like, cool, because the two of yeah. us have such a rich history of dating. <laughs> and like... <laughs> And then I just tried to ask Jundas, I was like, tell me about any dates. He's like, oh, no, thank you. And I was like, cool. (laughs) 91 minutes to go. And then the only two people watching the stream was my husband (laughs) and the owner of the underwear company. (laughs) <laughs> it's brutal. Ideas yeah. that don't quite translate. Eh? Well, I can't um, believe that they needed. I can't believe that they wanted people to just be standing in the underwear, and then they went to comedians for. They for were going to have you walking around in your underwear on Cuba <laughs> in February, and just on it. It was, it was so. Funny. And I just said no. Yeah, yeah. I was like, for two hundred dollars, you've got to pay me more. Do you want me to walk around in my underwear? I'm sorry, at least two fifty. You know. <laughs> But Jundas was like, sure, $200 and I get a free morph suit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have done it yeah. just for the morph suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a like stark white morph suit with yeah. fingers and everything. It was so oh, creepy. Oh, like the, like the thing from Community? 
like the human being. Do you guys know yeah, that one? Sort yeah, of, yeah. Uh, they, it's like the Joker's just like they're trying to make a uh, mascot for their college that isn't offensive to anybody. So <laughs> right. they just make a fully, a, just a morph suit with no distinguishable <laughs> facial features. Yeah. It was that <laughs> vibe. It, yeah. Any romantic <laughs> advice for us? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Oh man, um, I used to work I had heaps of kitchen hand jobs. That was that was yeah. my bad job. Right. People used to call it because I remember telling people I didn't think it was that bad of a job, and then people were like, "Ah, oh, we call that the dish pig." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, okay." <laughs> and it was rough, man. I remember even the fun bits. I remember they came because I was working at a hotel in Wellington, and do you remember when uh, it was like John O'Ben and Guy Williams did the Red Nose? tour so they were going up and down the country uh and it was like a cancer fundraiser right so Mm. they were going up and down the country and they were staying at the hotel where i was working and all the waiters and stuff were like coming in and out of the kitchen being like john and ben and guy williams they're so much fun they're like so cool like (laughs) guy williams he picked up a chair he just threw it across the room and i was like that's crazy and i was just like sitting there being like well maybe jono ate this pizza and then just like because i didn't see any of them it's really it's really rough just behind the scenes man right yeah 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 and then i was so exhausted at the end of it i came out of the kitchen and I remember seeing Jono sitting there on a couch and because I was just tired and I was like, it didn't seem real to me. So I just stared at him for a real long time. <laughs> he was like, are you good, man? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And I walked <laughs> off. So I'm pretty good with celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> I remember um, uh, Sean, do you remember Sean Collier? So yeah. He, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was, yeah, he was, yeah. He was with, with, with Gabby. Yeah. Um, and so he was working in a hotel and someone ordered like a lamb shank to be delivered to his hotel room and opened up the door and it was Pack Society. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, and they handed it extra. And then they were like sharing like a lineup like the next week. Oh. <laughs> and, he like, hey. <laughs> and he said he went up to Pax, how was the lamb shank? And he was like, what? <laughs> That's creepy. So that. But I've, I've done catering. Uh, like, um, uh, I was on, it was for a wedding and I was doing a portion control on the scalded potatoes. Mm-hmm. And I always remembered it because people, like, they knew straight away. You know portion control at a buffet when they mm. haven't got enough scalped potatoes mm. and so you have to stand there and just give one spoon oh. to each guest. Oh, yeah. And they were like, hey, we want more scalped potatoes. And I have to, like, try to bluff my way around it. Oh, sorry, I've got other. But, yeah, so portion control on the potatoes was pretty rough because mm. usually portion control is on the meats. Mm. You'd be pushing for the ham or the, yeah. or the roast. But this is New Zealand. Is and New we Zealand. love our potatoes. Love, yeah. love, just love a cheesy that I'm potato. I'm really hungry for scalloped potatoes. One scoop. One scoop. I was also going to ask you guys what, what would be like, because I was thinking about, I've thought about a couple of the best jobs and the worst jobs that you could possibly have. Um, maybe I'll get your thoughts on, on one of them. I thought this is what I was thinking might be the best job that anyone has ever had. And I thought the best job was Judge Judy. Yeah, that's like nominative determinism, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Born for that gig. We'll call her Judge, last name Judy. <laughs> what do you guys think? Because I think it's like one of those things where you get to hear everybody's gossip. Mm. All the crimes are like very little, so you don't have to worry about anything yeah. that's like murder or anything. They were like fun, they were like fun crimes. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they were kind of sad if it was like about kids or whatever. But most of the time it was like, you stole my mail and it had my favorite socks in it. And it's like, <laughs> no, I didn't. It was like, you're wearing them right now. 
<laughs> it's like Judge Judy. <laughs> they always dump themselves in, eh? Yeah. Never wear the stuff you stole to the. That's the first rule of like crime school. But then you get drunk on that high when you're like, uh, you uh, you want to They'll never yeah. know, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I always thought. Oh, you go. No, no, you go. Oh, I thought barbers had a kind of a cool mm. job because there's like a you'd come in and, and it's like a communal space and you just come and have a chat or you don't have to have a chat like i like i like when i've got the option of talking or not talking that's and crazy I, to me yeah. because we've had a conversation before about how you don't talk to your barber yeah but it's nice <laughs> it's nice that i don't i feel like i can i can sit there and be with mm-hmm. someone else and not have to speak to them sometimes i don't want, I want to talk uh, yeah. i have the same thing well, like thanks for coming on the show <laughs> <laughs> can we just play some music or something i don't know well, some time Shazam out. Shazam something. <laughs> yeah, or, or like uh, uh, being like like a card dealer at a, at a casino. For some Ooh. reason, I always thought that was kind of cool. Like just, yeah. just look, it looks, it probably, it's probably sucks as a gig. Yeah. But it always looked kind of cool. You know, James Bond and there'd be someone in a bow tie and a nice suit dealing out the cards in Monaco or something. You'd get that yeah. and then you'd get the same people who come every day and they're like, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. You know, you'd see like, you'd see, yeah, the slick people and then the saddest yeah. of. Okay. I'm sorry. I was, I was talking about more the fun side of games. Yeah, they don't sorry. show that yeah. James Bond. Yeah. Just having you fun just, running you around. Have, like, you just want to chat this shit with Le Chiffre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy's crying blood again. <laughs> My work stories are great. Uh, I always thought it would be fun to be like uh, a part-time private chef because I, oh. I really enjoy cooking because mm. I, I find it quite meditative and mm. like if I'm feeling like I've had too much extroverted time, I need. I just retreat into the kitchen, and I I really enjoy making big things that take hours. So like mm. often like big Italian centerpieces because that's where I learned to cook was from my host family in Italy, and so I'll be deep frying like ten eggplants and things like that, and then making a ragu that takes eight hours to make until everything's yeah. dissolved. And I love and making fresh pasta myself, and I love doing that, and I love feeding people, but not all of the time. Yeah, and also. I wouldn't want to deal with rich people as such. Oh, but I'd really? like to just, I had this idea and my husband's like, this is the worst idea for a business ever. You'd make no money. I was like, it's not about the money. And he's like, what a luxurious position to start a business <laughs> from. Um, but just to like rock up to somebody's kitchen, be like, hey, I want to surprise my partner with a nice meal, but I don't know how to cook. And then I come in and do most of it. Yeah. And I get to snoop in their house mm. a little bit because I love snooping. Oh. Like not go through their drawers, but just be like, oh, that's a nice picture, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Look at their books, maybe. Look at their photos. Who knows? And then cook a lovely meal and then leave and not have to talk to them. And then take a portion for myself and get to eat it. That's yeah. a thing. You could have like, you know, like dinner parties at someone's mm. home. But if you want to be the host, you don't want to be... Stuck in the kitchen yeah. with a ragu. Because sometimes by the time it actually gets to hosting people, you're like, I'm actually tapped out. Because <laughs> I've been oh, focusing like on food for eight hours. Yeah, yeah. I had a friend in, in, in uni invite us around for dinner parties at his house. He's a vegetarian. And he'd made all the pasta mm. by hand and the like strands of spaghetti draped amazing. across broomsticks on the kitchen yeah. floor. And it was amazing. And at the end of the meal, he's just like, you guys can hang out, but I'm tired. I'm going to bed. I've been cooking all day. Oh. So he went and slept. And we just stayed there and just sort of drank his wine. Yeah. And then I walked through the botanic gardens at like two in the morning. Oh, that sounds was really good. nice. That was one of my fun dinner yeah. party times. Especially yeah. if it's that summertime when they got all that stuff in the flowers, mm. you know, yeah. all the extra lights going on. And I just remember walking past the, 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 the children's playground at two in the morning and they were like, they're like some, what do you call them, boy racer types? Oh, yeah. We're hanging around. I was like, oh, it's a drug deal. But no, they were just playing on the swings. Oh. Yeah. So it's always, it's always <laughs> so stuck awesome. in my mind. It's stuck yeah. in my mind, yeah. There's How were they doing that? They were on the swings going. For family. 
But yes, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. yeah. It's funny that you don't want to be around famous people because I was going to say that DJ Khaled used to chuck oh, up his guy. Is it uncomfortable me being around? Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain <laughs> levels of fame I can go with. Is <laughs> that guy an extra in the... <laughs> yeah. In every season of Wellington Paranormal? That's right. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> Get that paper. <laughs> that was a fun job as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I bet. We had one scene where we were in what was called the Fatberg and we filmed it in, <laughs> in Waterloo. Right. And it was it was at two in the morning again um, and we were covered in, in goo and there was like fire and it was raining and we had to walk around going like that for ages. Mm-hmm. And, oh, uh, and that was like, that was, I was like, you know, university and everything and mm-hmm. worked for these companies and I never thought I'd be covered in. Pink, you would be the same. They would be happier, yeah. you know. It was great. <laughs> it was just so weird. It, like, yeah, part, like the suburbs at that time of night. Yeah. And just, yeah. It's funny you talk about you're like, oh, you, you don't often get jobs from a paper, but I got a film job from a newspaper, which should have been the first red flag because <laughs> they only usually advertise certain types of actresses' <laughs> jobs in the paper. It was, a, it was a film advertised in the classified section. I was like, this seems legit. Can I wear a wolf suit? <laughs> yep. It was, it was a self-funded feature film by an accountant who decided to spend his life savings making a feature film that he had written and decided to star on with no experience in directing, mm-hmm. cinematography, <laughs> writing, <Yeah>. or acting. <laughs> oh. It was so bad. It never saw the light of day. Um, I can't even – the title was so bad. Anyway. What was the title? I can't even tell you just in case because oh. – just in case. But, um, it, yeah, I've, every now and then I Google it to make sure that it never comes up because I do not want my name <laughs> attached to it. It was so poor. And it was the the scene that I was in. I only got given my lines and they're like, oh, we need you to do a French accent. And I was like, sweet. And they're like, we'll audition you over the phone. And I was like, no red flags here. And so then all I did to prepare for the role, this is my deep acted training, um, I watched um, When Harry Met Sally uh, mm. but in French. So I just mm. mimicked meg ryan's voice actor like the woman who played meg ryan in french i imitated her got the role um they're like yeah seems good enough and i was like wow maybe i'm just really good i'm <laughs> 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 later realized they'd take literally anybody <laughs> they're like can you read I was like, yeah, you got a part and then how they- do you think i found out about this job <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right i've got a subscription to the hut news <laughs> And my parents are probably thinking, she's absolutely going to rock up in a porno one day. And they're like, look, a roll's a roll, gig's a gig. Um, and they're like, she seems happy. And then anyway, the script was to, I got my lines, which I now know that you need to get context. Like usually if you book a role, yeah. they they explain anything, particularly if there's anything of, let's say, a sexual nature around it. And then mm. anyway, and then on the day of the shoot, I think I got my full scene and the dialogue around, in reference to my character was appalling and i remember just being like please god let this movie never come out is there any lines <laughs> and that he you answered can my prayer <laughs> <laughs> i was like jesus take the wheel and he did and he drove that car straight into the ocean straight into the swings it was like, yeah, okay. i got an email there like we're so sorry but we've run out of money to fund it and i was like oh, what a shame <laughs> literally the one thing the guy was qualified for as well <laughs> yeah, he, couldn't, he couldn't do the bookkeeping <laughs> Uh, Talk about some of the best jobs. I thought Judge Judy was one of the best jobs. This was one of the worst jobs that I thought earlier on. I thought one of the worst jobs, this is a fictional job though, one of the worst jobs was from 
I think the job that the mouse has in the show Bananas and Pajamas, that's what I thought was one of the worst jobs. Because see, a mouse was. Are you talking about the the the, the rat? I the see, store? Do you know, I thought it was a rat and I was like, I don't want to come across as judgmental against yeah. this guy because <laughs> Mouse seems friendlier. Yeah. Is it, does the rat own a, is it in like a secondhand store or something? I think it's just like a, Gen- like a, a convenience store. store. A convenience yeah. store yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, I think in the show it comes across as very like fun and everything, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's very fun. I think he's got a tough life and then, you know, like – this is what I was thinking. I was like, in the show, it's all very fun and everything, but in real life, like I'm from Lower Hut, so you do see people in the store wearing their pajamas, and it's mm. not like a fun thing. You guys are from the hut too. You guys can yeah. vouch for me. You guys were there in your pajamas. I remember seeing you, <laughs> yeah. sleepy comedians, matching pajamas. Ask me for dating advice. I came here to grind my coffee. I don't want to wake up anybody in the hut. In the hut. Yeah. <laughs> They do work long hours, those dairy, and it just, there must be long periods where no one comes in, but yeah. you just have to be there. So it's convenient for others, but it's very inconvenient for you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I like it when you go in there and they're watching TV or something. Yeah. I feel really at home when they're doing that. Like, right. they could take it or leave it that you're there, because it makes me feel like I can just relax in a store. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. know what I mean when you go mm-hmm. into a store and you're like, you're not looked after? Mm-hmm. And you're just like, yeah. They treat you as family, just for dismissal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Side note, I, I, I used to do like co-working spaces before that. I'd go to just public libraries, but like in the suburbs. Mm. And I went to, went to one in Wadestown. And Wadestown um, doesn't really justify having a, a library, but it's got a really strong community association. So they've managed to get it. Mm-hmm. And I walked in there. It was just me and one other guy. And the librarian just came out and said, um, can I make anyone a cup of tea? Like, she was oh. so bored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So she made us, me and this guy reading the newspaper. And so I said they had a cup of tea. And She's like Matilda. She's like, I've read all the books. Yeah. <laughs> Put them all yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. I got the brain powers. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm making it right now. Ooh. Okay. So yeah, I imagine librarian <laughs> would be a fun job. Because you have, but there's probably some stink periods because at the end of the day, you're like, oh, this place was nice and tidy this morning. There's books everywhere. But maybe they like the idea of ordering stuff. I think so. Yeah. It seems like librarian seems to be the sort of job that's kind of like romanticized Mm. in your head. Do you know what I mean? Like people, I think people, well, not that it's like down and grungy or whatever in real life, but like there's a lot less librarians in life than I thought there might be considering how often they'd pop up on TV and movies and things. Well, how big a part of your childhood they are, you know, like when the librarian would come in. Like at my school, I went to Bullcott School, we had a little library and it was we had our own cards and everything like that. And we had, you know, back before we had computers, oh, my God. Yeah. And, you know, you'd go and get the card and Miss J would stamp it for you and things yeah. like that. And, the yeah, card would be my in a little envelope in the back of the book and yeah. you can pull it out and you go, someone got this book out in 1976. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, wow, our budget for new books is pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, Bernard's. <laughs> yeah. Pull it out. Uh, Jerome got this book <laughs> out. Yeah. Equally. Because you had to write yeah, initials and stuff down. Yeah. I remember one time being shamed like, um, in a science class at high, the librarian came in and she's just fed up. She's like, I'm calling in all the like overdue books. And she's like, Lisa, you've been reading all these romantic novels. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like historical, like romantic, like, you know, um, what is it called? Like, you know, historical <laughs> romances. And I was like, uh-oh, that's my genre. <laughs> and then everyone's like, oh, Lisa likes love. And I'm like, shut up. No, I don't. <laughs> Just in historical context. <laughs> With the threat of death ever present. 
That's funny. Yeah, the first book I ever... Yeah, Harry Potter had a little bit of romance in it. There was some spy books that had a little bit of romance oh. in it when I was a kid. That was, like, saucy when I was little, you know? Uh, oh, actually, Chronicles of Narnia, nothing. Yeah. I think I They're up. all related. Yeah. It'd be yeah. strange. Too yeah. much r- biblical allegory in there for romance. Yeah, for romance. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But, um, oh, speaking of, like, Harry Potter, I went to the Harry Potter land at Universal Studios a few years ago, Ooh. and there was this guy who I was like, this guy loves his job. And you know when you just get this feeling that people mm. love their job and so you love seeing them do their job and being really good at it. He was pretending to be Ollivander, like the wand yeah. guy, and he had to do the same shtick. Every 45 minutes, you know, like let a group of tourists in and then pick three tourists and be like, you get to pick a wand and then the same mechanical things would happen. But he just did it with so much like magic and Mm. pizzazz and charisma and stuff. I was like, this is magical. But he genuinely, I mean, he seemed to be having a great time and it made it what would otherwise have been maybe a like pretty mundane experience. Yeah. Really cool. Really special. Well, good for him. <laughs> yeah, I was because I was I could have stopped talking about this the other day, but I was watching the documentary about the Wiggles, <laughs> and like yeah, yeah, it's called Hot Potato, the, the Wiggles nice. story, yeah. probably um, the Hot Potato bit's real. But yeah, they you know they loved it, like, mm. and and how could you not love it? But I didn't realize that they were all like early childhood teachers, mm. and that's how they they met. You know, at least they were studying at, at the time. Um, but it turns out, what was it, Anthony, the blue one? He was like a legitimate rock star for a little bit. Oh, you know, like a like a you know how you got like your local rock stars. Yeah, you know they're not going to be on big TV, but, but they'll smash it out at the at, at the pub and stuff like that. Well, yeah. like they were big enough. Like they had a record, and, and then um, Greg, who played the Yellow Wiggle, was actually a big fan of the Blue Wiggles band. Mm. And yeah. then Dorothy the Dinosaur is based off one of their songs. But you know, so I only brought them up because they genuinely loved doing all that You're stuff being for the kids. Such a deep. Wiggles rabbit hole for the last few days. Hey, it's not yeah. that deep. It's a two-hour film. It just. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna watch it. Cause it's cause, cool. Cause it's they're, nice. They're like Australia's financially most successful musicians. Like oh they're, my they're bigger god, than, they're huge. What is it? ACDC. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. They were the biggest entertainers. Like they're Australian. <laughs> That was sarcastic, right? Oh, well, I, Do I, no, there's no room. No, okay. There's no more Lisa in this podcast. Sure they are. What? I, oh, sorry. I assumed they were New Zealand. Oh, really? Yeah. The Wiggles. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, sorry. They didn't mention the New Zealand Wiggles. I actually thought you were talking about ACDC, and I was like, have I made a mistake? Because I don't oh, know much about I music. I also didn't know ACDC or Australian. Really? Good for them. <laughs> wow. Are they Australian? They are, right? ACDC is definitely yeah, Australian. Akadaka. Um <laughs> Yeah, what's that say? They didn't mention the New Zealand Wiggle in the Wiggles documentary. They kept that as part of a dance. Was that secret. Robert Rackety? Was it him? Was it him? I don't no. know. I literally only know it because Ben Hurley's joke about him. Oh, okay. But yeah, there was a New Zealand Wiggle. There was the Brown Wiggle, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was. I think it was Robert from. They uh, didn't put it in oh, the movie. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like bad blood. Bad blood. <laughs> oh, so there's a little bit of a conspiracy there. Yeah. But those, I guess, those entertainers, all those those cover bands. Like, there's a cover band in uh, like a like a pub band in in Wellington called Uncle Monkey, who mm. play all the, you know the Irish pubs and stuff like that. But they're also like we're just like really smart business people, and like mm. they invested their money, and they they had like a rental property, and they they all did like really oh, well. <laughs> and you think of them as like these being oh, our partiers, and they're like, nah, <laughs> we just Which we just come out, deliver the songs that people want to listen to, and record our own stuff on our own time, and, and just like hugely real... asset rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just not what you think about, but yeah, I think that's kind of cool being able to entertain, mm-hmm. yeah, but also have your art on the side, and also like provide. 
for your family and stuff. I was like, okay, it's kind of cool. That is the healthiest mix, eh? Mm. The people who, like, entertain other people, but then themselves only party the same amount as, like, a regular person is would. a regular person. Yeah. Because yeah. it's funny going to a raw meet Monday, and then every now and again I'll hear somebody being like, look at us drinking on a Monday. And it's like, oh, yeah. Mm. That's out of the ordinary. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, okay. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, well, let's do last plugs. If you do want to come see the show, it, it, thank you guys for coming along to the podcast. Um, do see Don't Quit Your Day Job. It's fif- uh, February 16th and 17th, 6 p.m. at BATS. Uh, see Flow State. Yeah, come see Flow State, I believe. Yeah, that's during the French Festival as well with Gabby Anderson. It's a split bill um, and it's at Circus Bar, 7 p.m. I think the 22nd, Wednesday. It's a Wednesday through to a Saturday, late February. And then also come and see Tiny Dog. We're performing um, a week of shows at Te Oaha, uh, first week of March. And come see Airhorn next Friday, 8 p.m. at uh, the Newtown Community Centre and listen to the Awe Pass podcast. Yes. yes. You told us you did win good at attention to detail. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I know it's a little bit of a weird cutoff at the end there. We kind of like tried to do a lot of plugs and then we just ran out of time. The thing is when you do this thing on the radio, like you just you just get cut off, you know? And like I'm still trying to get the timing down right, but you know, we're doing our best. Uh, if you do want to come to the show, come along. It's February 16th, 17th, 6 p.m. You know, if you're a parent or whatever, that's great. You get a babysitter, you'll be home before 10 p.m. Uh, Lisa's got a bunch of shows, Flow State with Gabby Anderson. She's awesome uh you know and then like i hope you guys really enjoyed this episode before you go i had done all this like little research into like jobs and stuff because i thought we were going to chat jobs i'm trying to make this show a little more thematic now uh before you go i'll just give you my fun facts that i gave i found out about jobs okay one fun fact is there used to be a job at like the funerals of roman emperors where it would be somebody who was like the equivalent of a jester and they would pretend to be the person who had died and they would like mock them in their death they're kind of like you know being like you know oh i'm emperor caesar i like grapes or whatever it is and then um and then they had to be super careful because people around them would also be like oh this is really good this is really funny but if they stepped one line you know if they stepped on the line a little too much then they were also murdered um which does lead me to the other fun fact that i had which i found out that executioners back in the day you know with the guillotine in france and everything if you're an executioner apparently that was a family job and you were kind of exiled you were like a different sort of person you had to be within the family of executioners to be an executioner and it's Essentially, executioners could only marry into the other families of other executioners. Very weird job. I just wanted to get all these fun facts out there because I don't think I'm going to be able to get them into the show any other time. Anyway, thank you all for listening in. Check out those shows. Find us on Instagram and we'll see you guys again next week. If there was a day I could erase, I would choose just the other day.